Hello and welcome back to the Creative Unblock Podcast. And it is so great to be sitting back down with you again, Margaret. It's been a while since we've been able to record together. I'm not going to blame the children, but I'm going to blame the children um, <laughs> and the current uh, online schooling. But uh, in this episode, I really wanted you to talk about your new series because I think it's important that although you do teach uh, through the Creative Unblock, that people also understand uh, the process of your artwork. You have a lot of people that follow you on Instagram that are going to be interested in this series, but very rarely do you get the space to talk about the inspiration behind the series and how it all fleshed out. They don't just come out of nowhere. I know it's a, sure. a process of excavation and all that kind of stuff. So really, I just wanted you to have a space during this time that you can walk the listeners through the inspiration behind this new series and how it came to be. Yeah, so um, so a little bit about my process um, is probably a good place to start. Yeah. Um, so a lot of times what will happen, I, I specifically paint abstract work um, because I think that there's a lot that we um, would like to communicate visually uh, that comes from our subconscious, So, mm. uh, which is very similar to the Creative Unblock. It's there for us um, to explore and to navigate through, but we just need the tools to do that. So specifically abstract because I think because it, it can get you there faster and it communicates different things based on color usage and mark making and mm. layering um, and uh, just really communicates a lot of different types of facets that we inhibit subconsciously. So mm. uh, with that being said, a lot of the times when I begin a, um, a series, what I'll do is I'll begin start uh, focusing on specific colors that I'm drawn to. Mm. And then I will um, start uh, start painting some canvases to see where it's going, what marks are similar, what seems to be coming up a lot. And then what I'll start doing is really focusing in on a couple of books that I'm really drawn to um, at the same time and really study those books and try to really figure out what it is about the uh, the content behind the sentences that um, quote unquote wink at me mm. because I think that is also another way that our subconscious is talking to us. Mm. Um, so by doing that, what I'm doing is I'm using both the right and the left hemisphere because I'm reading books about things that I'm contemplating, but that I'm also creating and trying to figure out what I'm contemplating as well. Mm. So then once I figure all that out, then I'll kind of bring it together and I try to reverse engineer it basically about what does the series want to say? Mm. Um, what, what am I subconsciously speaking to myself that I need to learn? Um, and that's really the whole point behind the creative unblock is we already have all the answers inside of us. Mm. We, but unfortunately a lot of us don't have the time to explore that. Yeah. So, so this particular series is called the mountain in the womb. Mm -hmm. And the reason it's called that is because, um, it is, it's a reference to, um, one of the books that inspired the series, which was, um, Dr. Estes book, uh, women who run with wolves. Mm -hmm. And, uh, she makes a comment about, uh, the life, death, life cycle, which sounds intimidating, but basically right. all it is is um, a repetitive cycle that we go through um, that continues and it starts over again. So the life would be um, something that's great in our lives, something that um, we feel like we're in our flow mm. or um, embracing. And then... Um, kind of like the wind behind your back feeling. Yes, yeah. exactly, exactly. So... Um, so that's what the, the mountain is, right? Mm -hmm. You can see all around you. Everything feels open and spacious and light. 
And then, um, but on the flip side, then you have the death, which is, um, which can be represented as an ending of something. Mm. Um, but it also can be, uh, uh, concepts of, um, and that's what the womb is, Mm. which, uh, which is a area of time in our lives where, uh, we need to be still, we need to contemplate, we need to kind of sit in the dark a little bit, Mm. um, reflect, um, be still, Mm. And, um, and that's the, 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 uh, the death, the womb, and then, and then it cycles back into the, um, the life again. Yeah. So it's a life, death, life, but really it's the beginning, the end and the beginning again. And I think what I did is I referenced it to, um, the, you know, you know how kids play, um, outside and they, uh, play, uh, jump rope. And you have uh, two individuals that are um, swinging the rope, but then you have an individual that has to jump in, chooses when to jump in, Mm. um, and then play that part. Mm. And so the reason I reference it as a jump rope, because I thought the similarities were very interesting to me, that simulate the mountain and the womb and simulate the life going up and then Mm. the death going down. Mm. Um, And so I just loved that, that concept of jump rope because it's not a game. Unless it's repeating itself. Mm. It's not a game if the rope isn't continuously going up and down. Mm. And it's not a game if you don't have a player. If you don't have someone to that's willing to yeah. be a part of that game and jump in. And I think what I mean by that is, um, you know, so many people say it's a lot easier to judge from the, um, the sidelines, right, mm. than it is to actually be on the field. And mm. so what I mean by that is... I think that, and what I'm trying to learn is to never have the the victim mindset, Mm. to always have that idea of being in the ring, being a part of the play, Mm. and not on the sidelines judging it from a distance. And it sounds like what you were saying earlier with the life-death-life cycle is... When you when you said and I even found myself reacting to it when you said silence when you move into these womb periods mm-hmm. we we I think as a society and as a whole a lot of us distance ourselves from that but you're saying that it inevitably stepping into that is really healthy because it is what it's like the key that unlocks the next life that comes through but you have to move into the womb Absolutely. in order to see the new the new mountain is that what you're saying yeah because I mean of course you know what is society you know society embraces lightness mm. and everything's up to the right mm. and all things are good and we're grateful and thankful and those are all wonderful things yeah that's like the world of the seven the yeah it, seven. that's it <laughs> actually that's exactly what it I'm is I'm kind of the mountain you're kind of the womb <laughs> is what it is <laughs> you're a four oh wow that's Sorry, a, yeah. you identify as a four. You're not a four, but yeah, yeah. you would test as a four. No, but no, that's a actually a really good point. And yeah. I think that, and I'm not saying that it should be all darkness all the time. Sure. I'm not saying that um, that we should all be still and solitude and quiet all the time. But I am saying that um, I just thought it was really poetic that she said that it's the it's the part, it's the the continuously making that choice Mm. to um, embrace both cycles Mm. and know that it'll repeat itself. And so obviously, as you know, if, um, if you know, something's going to happen, it's a lot easier to embrace it with grace Mm. and peace Mm. than it is. If you constantly push against something and constantly refuse Mm. that there are cycles to things. And Mm. I think that we forget that. Um, I think in our society, we, we, um, 
you know, so so similar to history in a way where, you know, history keeps on repeating itself, but yeah. yet we're surprised every single time it happens. Right. Um, so there is a huge piece of which I think she does a really good jo- job of as well um, in her book, which is um, uh, reflecting and contemplating on what's already happened mm. and finding wisdom in those places. Mm. So, and she does that very well um, in her book with her stories, mm-hmm. um, picking out the wisdom from it and, and the reason that they've lived throughout the generations being passed down mm-hmm. um, through various cultures. Um, and there's just so much, um, uh, so much that we can still learn if we just pay attention to those aspects. Yeah, totally. And I think that as, as you were saying that, I read something where Buffalo, when they see a storm coming across, you know, most Buffalo live in, um, or they can see the horizon, um, they run towards it. They literally move straight into it. And I think that uh, what you're saying is, and it's hard for me to even hear that as a seven, because I often think, you know, by removing myself from it, that's actually going to help me, but it inevitably just delays the evolution that my soul's trying to have mm-hmm. come into me. And it's like your, your, your soul, your spirit's calling to something deeper. Yeah. But you know, we are taught in our society, you know, success, this mountain lifestyle, mm-hmm. but we have, we have diluted and un- undervalued the, the the womb cycle, and so I think that um, I, I love that this is what your series is going after because it is a balance, and I'm, I'm glad you said that because most people either tend to go one way or the other, mm-hmm. like and that's just classic analytical mind where it's you know A or B, sure, but it's both, and I think that um, that's a really I think it's a great time for us to learn this truth. Um, and I know that you're going to be doing a workshop uh, soon about this mm-hmm. very thing that we just did an, uh, an episode with Lindsley on. But how does that flesh out? So you move through this process. How does it flesh out into the work? Yeah, well, let me touch bit. just a little bit more and then we'll talk about yeah. the work. Because two points I want to make really quickly that yeah. also I think are really important is um, another book that really had a profound part of this series is The Dance um, of the Dissonant Daughter right. by Sumant Kidd, which I highly recommend as well. Um, and uh, um, But what I wanted to touch on a little bit is um, one of the words or phrases that came to me that I did not know before, which is um, spiritual escapism, mm. which, you know, I think when we're on the mountain and everything's wonderful and bright, um, when we're actually supposed to be in the in the womb, when we're supposed to be reflecting and contemplating like things are going wrong, mm. uh, we're supposed to be in that and mm. sit in that. Um, but I think, and I'm guilty of it um, as well, um, which is escapism. Mm. And you can try to escape via, you know, all sorts of ways. Right. Um, and so I think that that what I am trying to teach myself in this series, which that's what all the series are, it's right. not me telling people what to do. It's really me explaining my journey. Mm. Right. And so, um, what I learned by that and, uh, spiritual escapism really resonated with me because if you're escaping, it means you're not in, you're not in the jump rope. You're mm. not playing anymore. You have already jumped, you've jumped out. Mm. And I think that when you've done that, if you've done it emotionally, mentally, physically, they can all kind of rise up in different ways. Mm. Um, I think that that, I think this series is really me telling myself, um, step back in, Mm. stop trying to escape and jump back into the game. Mm. And so, and another, um, point I just want to make really quick, which I think is very interesting about this concept is, and we touched on it a little bit with Lindsley, which is, um, you know, when we had Maylee as a firstborn, 
um, I didn't know what to do with her when she stopped sleeping all the time and she started getting really cranky. Mm. And I thought it was really interesting that the video that we watched that made the world of difference Mm -hmm. um, was one that you are supposed to, and this is where the womb comes from, Mm. the one thing that you can do for your newborn is simulate the womb again Mm. because that's where they feel at peace and that's where they can rest and they learn how to calm themselves down again by Mm. simulating that. And you do that by turning off all the lights. You Mm. do that by binding the child. So she is still, you do that by shushing, you know, shushing the child um, and then swaying them. And so I just thought it was really interesting the womb came up because it's 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 a um, I don't think that we give it enough. I don't think we give it enough emphasis of a, of how amazing a womb is mm-hmm. sometimes. And I think it's Maybe also is a word. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And just just um, that's actually uh, we knew as an, a newborn how to calm ourselves down. But mm-hmm. do we actually know how to calm ourselves down and to be OK with just sitting within ourselves mm-hmm. in a peaceful place. Mm. And so that's where the womb comes from is that concept of um the same thing that you do for a newborn mm. um because they're obviously very peaceful when they're in their um in the womb. Yeah. But then you start struggling with them because they don't know how to comprehend the sensory mm. overtake that they're taking which is very similar to us now. Um you know, very very um overwhelmed by your sensories uh, just with social media and screens all over the place. And so I think the womb also can just represent like you also need to um, uh, contemplate going into the dark and going, removing yourself from sensory overload similar to an infant. Yeah. And you're almost afraid. I'm I'm glad you said that about the womb being nurturing because I think the fear of stepping into it is you'll be stuck in it or you'll be left alone in it. Sure. But it's almost like this universe... The universe's way to say, hey, sit here while I nurture you. Sit, slow down and calm. Because remember that, that was a big find when we had oh, Mary. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like something worked and we just were like so elated because you flip her on her side. I'll never forget. And you bring her really close to your, your mouth and you just kind of shh the whole time. And, and it literally worked instantaneously. Mm-hmm. And the, the body's just, it's, a, it's an amazing thing how connected it is um, to that natural. So I think that's a great um, I'm, I'm so glad that you said that about it being a nurturing thing instead, instead of something to be afraid of. It's something in a way that you honestly nurture yourself by being mm-hmm. in the womb a bit. So mm-hmm. um, so do you want to talk about the process now? Yeah. So the painting process, um, I focused on um, basically creating these atmospheres of consciousness. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, and I'll go ahead and read it out because I think I did a better job. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I do the same. Absolutely. So, um, But what I said is each work I focused on painting states of consciousness using atmospheres that evoke a sense of either the ascent or descent in the journey. Similar to the rising and falling of a jump rope, I also also focused on extreme value contrast to show both sides of the journey and various marks of upward and downward arches, reinforcing this notion of how we constantly shift perspectives in this life-death-life cycle. The mountain can be states of happiness, lightness of light, or struggle, or exertion, while the womb can represent states of solitude, stillness, darkness, times of reflection, or even comfort, both necessary, both with their own different gifts. In crucial times, we must seek out periods of inner solitude, deep brooding and being, and intervals of spiritual apartness where we move down to the depths of ourselves to mine the dark gorge and bring new treasure to the light, is what Kid says in Sue Monk Kid, or Sue Monk Kid says in her book, 
the dance of the dissident daughter, which I thought was mm. beautiful and really spoke to this because there actually can, you can actually discover treasures in the womb. So this series specifically, if you're looking at each of the pieces, um, I tried to use um, high contrast to represent both sides of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, I also tried to layer, um, I always do a lot of layering to kind of represent those different perspectives that we have mm. um, because we're never in just one state. I mean, it's so I- interesting to me because even with our, our children, when we get them to sit down and talk about their emotions, our four-year-old, I'm thinking, oh, well, she has one emotion, yeah. um, but then she lays down four cards of different emotions. Yeah. And so even at four years old, yeah. just how complex we can be yeah. as a human being is really fascinating. Mm-hmm. And so I try to show that by showing different layers, uh, different colors. Um, so if you notice, a lot of my paintings have some sort of arch going on um, or they have some sort of... Um, u-shape going on and that's supposed to represent that concept of the jump rope the concept of the um the ascension or the dissension um and so that's what a lot of the marks are are there for to represent um each of those types of consciousness Mm. and it's been it's been great for you to experience your clients not only um you know supporting your work but really resonating with what you're talking about i know that's been a lot of joy for you is uh, to get those emails to say, hey, I'll, this piece being in my home, it just speaks so much to me. And I think you, you brought up the word unconscious, and I think that's one of the, the gifts of abstract work is that there is some kind of unconscious communication. Even if you don't know why you like it, it's just something that draws you in, and that's just a really powerful thing about abstract work. Absolutely, and I think, you know, I've never said this, um, I think, on any type of um, platform, but... You know, when I was younger, and I think that, you know, I think all of us, if we're confused about what we want to do in life, I think you just ask yourself what you did as a kid. Yeah. And my favorite thing to do was to create something. It didn't really matter what it was, but to create something and then hand it over to someone that found joy in it. Mm. And that, in essence, brought me joy, which Mm. to me was the most beautiful gift that you could give someone and to yourself. And so... Yeah, I've I've really experienced some really treasurable friendships and clients through um, through these paintings that they buy. And mm. what's so beautiful about it is um, to be able to give someone so much joy that mm. they get to experience every day. Mm. Um, and then and then I do truly feel that when um, when the buyers buy a, a specific painting because it speaks to them, you're connected to them on such an intimate. Mm. Um, beautiful place mm. that you normally don't get with people just mm. by conversation. I think that there's a lot that goes into conversations with body language, with, yeah. you know, what happened that day or things that we're worried about or struggling with, or maybe we just talk about surface level things. Mm. Um, but when what I've noticed about the paintings um, is if somebody buys it, it's just it it really does feel like you're just so connected on such a profound level at that point, which is my favorite part. Yeah. Well, and as we close out, I know that you're going to be talking um, on Instagram and everything, but um, we do send a Friday sell out every Friday. uh, But what's the best um, way for them to, to see the new series, to, to learn about it? And how are you going to be kind of structuring this release over the next few weeks? Yeah. So, um, so the best place to see most of it would be my website. Yeah. It's um, mlbrownstudio.com. 
Um, but then also you can always uh, sign up for my email list. They get the first dibs on the sale. They get to see my releases first. Um, and so that's probably the best place to start. Um, but of course, I'm also on Instagram under ML Brown Studio as well. Awesome. Well, Margaret, thanks so much. I'm glad we got to finally sit down and, and talk again. And I know that um, this is it's, it's always fun for me um, to be a bystander of how it evolves because it always evolves and changes and shifts. And it's interesting to sit back and watch that process and see you evolve with it too and have um, your own voicing behind it. So I'm just so excited that people are going to get to experience this, this new series. I know it means a lot to you. I know a lot of what you're talking about and what you're putting into this paintings comes from a very uh, true and uh, very joyful place. I know you're really excited to release the series. Yeah, and I just want to say one more thing um, that anybody that buys one of the paintings or considering buying um, 5% of the proceeds will go to Mary Parish Center for Victims of Domestic and Sexual Violence. Yeah. Um, so one of my goals moving forward is to always um, have some sort of orga organization that I um, partner with. Yeah. Um, that way... I'm doing my part in contributing to something that I believe in that also correlates with the series as well. Yeah, that's great. And I think it's, you know, very important to um, to do that in a cause that's very near and dear to our hearts. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. You guys check out Margaret's new series, The Mountain and the Womb, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.